Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by returning guest Zeke Arkham. I appreciate everyone tuning in. If you're a fan of the show, I ask that you please send some referrals the way of my sponsors. The title sponsor of the show is Louisville Combat Academy, located at 7908 Beulah Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40228. They have a great MMA program, but also, even if you aren't planning on fighting in the cage, they have a great jiu-jitsu program for adults, female-friendly classes, and a great kids program also. Check out Louisville Combat Academy. Heidi Solars Coots. Heidi is a licensed clinical social worker and licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor, specializing in treating anxiety, depression, trauma, and addiction with a mindful and holistic approach. Heidi is actually my mother, and I can attest she is a saint. Call her at 502-457-1823. Virtual and telephonic appointments are available anywhere in the United States. Veercast Digital Media. Veercast Digital Media at veercast.com. Matt McCarthy runs Veercast, and he is also the producer for The Kelly Patrick Show. They do video production, aerial drone photography, web design, and podcast production. Contact them at info at veercast.com to start your own video show or podcast. Also, my health insurance practice, Benefits Analysis Corporation. Based in Troy, Ohio, I work from my Louisville, Kentucky office. I can help anyone in the United States with their health insurance needs. I'm an independent broker for health insurance solutions for individuals, families, Medicare-eligible individuals, and also groups. I can also write life insurance, and long-term care. If you want to support the podcast, please send me some referrals. 502-386-0978. Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by Zeke Arkham. Zeke is a, is it that you are a former police officer? Is that right, Zeke? Uh, I'm, I'm still active. I'm still active within the, uh, the tri-state area. Okay. Okay. And I, I didn't mean to insult your current service. I was just, um, I knew that your, your rise to online, like popularity and your growth and everything related to your Instagram and your Twitter and everything, um, has just been really big over the years and how I would describe Zeke Arkham as Zeke. And you correct me if, if I'm wrong, um, you are a police officer in New York, and you have seen things from the eyes of an African-American man, and you disagree with a lot of the rhetoric regarding um, African-Americans in our country, and specifically a lot of the, uh, you could say, woke or whatever it is, but that is a little bit of your um, online persona, and it's always through the eyes of a police officer, I believe, but what am I missing there, Zeke? Uh, nothing. You know, I, I grew up in uh, South Jamaica, Queens, which was a rough area. Still is. Um, you know, I, I was around a lot of gangs, a lot of gunshots, a lot of violence growing up. Uh, my, my mom raised us. My father treated parenting sort of, I guess, like a part-time job. He popped in when he felt like it and left when he felt like it. You know, uh, no one held him accountable. So, I, you know, I say I grew up with a single parent just because my mom did everything. You know, any place we had to go, it was my mom taking us. Anything we had to do, it was my mom taking care of it. 
and, and my father expected to be rewarded for the little he did. So, uh, you know, when I, when I tell people that I understand what they're going through, I do. I understand what they're going through. You know, I was written off a bunch of times. <laughs> there were times and it really was just my mom standing in my corner by herself. And when I tell people you don't have to stay with your own circumstances and you don't have to just uh, accept what you're given and you and you can take the hand you're given and win. I, I, I've lived it all. I've experienced it. I've done it for myself. And people go, oh, well, that's just your experience. Well, it could be your experience, too. If you just apply yourself, try hard, and you don't let anyone get in your way. You don't let your circumstances get you down. That's that's pretty much what I try to preach on a daily basis, which is why I hate wokeness. I hate the uh, leftist, uh, uh, you know, sort of uh, wag your finger at you culture. You know, when I, when I come out and I say what I have to say, I get a lot of pushback from uh, black liberals as well as white liberals. You know, oh, that's just your story. Yeah, well, it can be your story too. And I, I, I didn't do anything amazing. I didn't, I didn't break any rules. I didn't bend any rules. I didn't, uh, you know, I, I like to think I'm, I'm above average intelligence, but I didn't do anything where, you know, it, it, it took a genius level intellect. So uh, I, I just try to tell people, you know, you, you can do the same thing I did. A lot of different directions I can take a conversation like this. But over the years, the Democratic Party has really built up this narrative. And I hate to focus just on African-Americans because it's a that's about the most polarizing group in our country for whatever reason. Well, for many reasons. I shouldn't say it's for no reason. But um, and for some reason, the Black Lives Matter through the, you know, 2015 or I guess 2013 really is when I think Black Lives Matter started going. But that's turned into just a big part of the identity of the left or the Democratic Party in our country. Do you think that's still going right now with Joe Biden? Is the Biden candidacy, are they somehow trying to identify with Black Lives Matter and things like that? Is that still alive right now? I think that I think the Democrats in general, the only card they have is identity politics. You know, you have to vote for me because I'm a woman. You have to vote for me because I'm black. You have to do this because you're black. You have to do this because you're gay, you're a woman, whatever, whatever sort of demographic they can come up with. This is what they're going to do right now. It's all about trans. You know, if you're trans this, if you're trans that, you know, if, if you want to, if you were born a boy and, but you want to play on a girl's team, you have every right to do it. They also, so all the left does, all the Democrat party does, all, all you know, people in the Biden administration do, all they do is play identity politics. And with me, I'm sick of it because I don't have to vote one way just because of the color of my skin. I don't have to act or think or talk or behave a certain way just because of the color of my skin. And that's always why I say, you know, you, you can forge your own path. No one can come out here and tell you what to do. You know, I'm still black, even though I didn't vote for Joe Biden. So yeah, I, I'm I'm personally just sick of the identity politics. I'm sick of Black Lives Matter, who has done nothing of value ever since their inception. You can't ever point to any situation where you said, you know what, thank God BLM was there, or else this would have really been messed up. You know, people wouldn't have known about this. B BLM has done nothing but cause problems wherever they've gone. They incited the riots. 
uh, of 2020, the Summer of Love riots of 2020. They have done nothing but throw gasoline on fire. They've done nothing but uh, encourage people to, to riot and act up and be violent. It's, it's the exact opposite of the civil rights era where violence and rioting and acting up was, was condemned, was looked down upon. So you have Joe Biden now who is, is doing everything he can now. He's going to a, a black family. He's bringing them fried chicken, which I thought was hysterical. When, know, when did he do this? When did he do this? It was about a week or two ago. Oh, he, my he made God. a whole show. He oh made a my. whole show of going to a black family's house. And he brought them some chicken strips, some fried chicken strips. And I can only imagine the outrage if Donald Trump had done something like that. You know, Donald Trump last night uh, made a joke saying that he he could only see black people in the audience or something like that. Something, something to that effect. And they're painting him as the biggest racist they possibly can. They're screaming and bellyaching and crying and, oh, look at this. Look at how racist Donald Trump is. If Donald Trump had brought fried chicken strips to a black family, they would have had a feel that CNN would have had a week-long coverage talking about how dare he do this. Look at what he did. Meanwhile, Biden does it. And it's thrown by the wayside. No problem at all. Hey, listen, he, he's just he's just reaching out to a black family. I would love to see the double standard get thrown back in the Democrats' face once and for all. You know, Joe Biden saying, oh, if you can't vote, if you don't know if you're going to vote for me, you ain't black. You know, uh, uh, you know black people aren't, aren't, aren't smart enough to navigate the internet. Black people don't know how to get IDs. They don't really, they can't get to a DMV. Guess what? I've had some form of identification ever since I got into high school when I was, uh, when I was 13 years old, I can get to the DMV. I can navigate a computer. I didn't vote for Biden. So where does that place me? You know, I, I would love to, I, I, I'm cautiously optimistic about the 2024 election. I'm hoping that black folk can finally start diversifying their vote because the, the, the black demographic is, is ignored by the Republican Party and, and just, uh, I guess, sort of taken for granted by the Democrats. I would love to see black folks start diversifying their vote. I would love to see black folks start saying, you know what, we don't have to vote Democrat down the ticket. I would love for the Republican Party to, to grow a set and actually go into some black neighborhoods and be like, you know, hey, listen, here's our pitch to you. Here's our God's honest pitch to you. And, and see what happens. Maybe, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen with one election cycle, but maybe it'll happen in the next election cycle. I would love to see something like that happen. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I wish I could say, you know, and I'm not even a Republican, but I wish I could say some progress is going to happen. But who knows? I started podcasting. I know this is a random uh, story real quick. I started podcasting in 2011. So I've been on the air, and then I ended up being on AM, FM radio in the Louisville market for about eight years. Just a weekend show. But uh, over time, I decided to like hone what I would talk about on air. It started out as basketball and you know diff different things. But over time, one thing I do want to focus on is the truth. I identify as a libertarian. So as far as politics go, my favorite senator is like Rand Paul. He's my... If there's such thing as a superstar, I'm a fan of Rand Paul, okay? I focus on foreign policy a lot, and I focus on war. And I see a lot of places across the world where it doesn't look like it would be very pleasant to live. 
Well, the reason I'm saying this, my wife's from Cuba, where she lived in Cuba. It was not very pleasant to live. There's not really like opportunity for legitimate growth and really prospering or thriving there. I know this is going to sound harsh and may piss off some of my libertarian friends or, you know, any type of friends. I don't know. But if we're being honest, if you are born in the United States, compared to the rest of the world, you've got it pretty good. Zeke, do you agree? Oh, I heavily agree. I like to say I'm, I'm a uh, conservatarian. I have some conservative views. I have some libertarian views. I'm, I'm probably right in the middle of both of them because I, I don't completely agree with a lot of what conservatives say, and I don't completely agree with a lot of libertarians say. So I, I guess I, I'm, I'm right in the middle. You know, if there's a term for, you know, you have conser- some conservative values, but you have some libertarian, I, that's why I am. I think they but overlap. Uh, they do. They overlap a lot. There's a lot of overlap often. Um, between the two, there's some diff- certain definitive things that are different at times, but there is, uh, of course, you know, some overlap there. Oh yeah, no, absolutely, I I agree. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm sort I'm sort of right there in the middle. I, I that's why I said I, I kind of just forged my own path. But um, I agree. If if uh, if you're born in the United States, you have a head start above a lot of people out there. Um, you know, I, I've, I've seen what happens in a lot of other parts of the country. My wife and I, when we first started dating, we went on a trip to Costa Rica and it was the first time I'd actually seen actual shacks, 10, 10 house shacks. You know what I mean? Like, like, uh, a couple pieces of tin, some tin for a roof. And that's where you live, you know? And we're, meanwhile, we're driving on our way to a resort. And we're passing by these shacks. I'm watching people live there. And I'm like, you know, I didn't even, I didn't know that was a real thing. You know, I was in my thirties at the time. You know, I didn't know that was a real thing. You know, for, for, for these people here to, you know, you have certain elements and that's, I go back to the BLM element where all they do is complain about this country. This country is so messed up. It's so screwed up. It's so racist. I hate it here. Well, if you hate it here so much, why don't you go someplace else? Try Africa. Go go live in uh, go live in Botswana. Go live in in Tanzania or, or one of these other places. Go. <laughs> Absolutely nothing is stopping you. Matter of fact, you could empty out your bank account. Go live someplace in Africa, and for a while, live like a king. So go. I mean, hey, listen, we was kings, right? So I mean, uh, you know <laughs> what? What? He- you, I, think, I think you're doing right now, Zeke, what some white guys do, but they don't do it on air when they mock the African-American community saying that they're kings and queens. Is that what you're doing, Zeke? Oh, absolutely. I, I, mean, I mock that all the time. We was kings. No, no, no we weren't. <laughs> no, we weren't. If you actually read the history of Africa, no, we weren't. But uh, it, you know, some people were kings, but it wasn't, it wasn't everyone. But... Um, yeah, I mean, if, if you hate this country so much and you want to bellyache and complain while using your $1,000 iPhone or your, you know, your, your $800 Google phone and you want to bellyache and complain so much and you hate it here and this country is so racist and the police are all screwed up, and it, go someplace else. If you don't want to go to Africa, go, go down to South America. See how, see how that works for you. Or Central America. See how that works for you. Or, or go to some of these places in, in, in uh, Eastern Europe. 
try that. You know, so uh, I, I tend to agree that this, this country, for all its problems, for some of its history, good and bad, you're getting a very good head start. You're getting a very good shake if you live here, if you're born here especially. There's been times recently where I've heard, what are they going to do about Biden? Is Biden going to be the presidential candidate? At the end of the day, is he actually going to be the candidate? But then what happens is they say, well, if he's not the candidate, you can't just slide Gavin Newsom in there because Kamala Harris is a woman and she's a person of color and there's 0% chance you can just overlook her. So... If then I heard <laughs> they said, okay, well, and, and this is, I listened to Pod Save America. They're all former Barack Obama uh, speechwriters. So I do listen to it to see what they're saying. And I heard them say, well, maybe you move in someone like Pete Buttigieg, or, you know, if you can get a gay guy in there, then maybe you can bump Kamala. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, what in the hell is, what, what has our country come to? What is this? My, I, I think if, if I'm a strategist, I'm having I'm in a nightmare situation right now because if if I bump Biden, then I'm gonna have to admit that he's in over his head, that his policies have been no good, that the last four years in this country have been an absolute nightmare for the economy, for our safety, for everything. How? But they, but you're right though. What are you going to do about Kamala Harris, who who has even worse numbers than Biden? You can't just tell her to go away because she's a black woman. Or, or, I mean, well, I think this week she's a black woman. Next week she'll be an Indian woman. Uh, you know, depends on depends on who she's speaking to. Uh, she decides if she's black or Indian or, or Jamaican or whatever. But um, they're going to have to do something about her. And you can't just pop Newsom in. That's right, because now you, you're... If, if, if I'm the Republicans, well, I mean... I have no faith in the Republican Party at all. But if I'm, I'm, a, if I'm a Republican and I'm a strategist, first thing I'm going to say is, oh, they bumped a black woman for this straight white male. Is, is, that, is that the party you want to support? Even, even, if they, even if they put Pete Buttigieg in, again, you bumped this black woman for this white male. Uh, you know, I heard them saying, well, maybe we'll put Michelle Obama in. I mean, that's, that's okay. So you're going to just pop in an ex-president's wife who's got no experience doing anything at all. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a nightmare situation for the Democrats. They're, they're gonna, I think they're going to have to run with Biden and they're going to do everything they can. They're going to weaken that Bernie's him as much as they can in order to really try to push him through to this election because I mean, if he's not falling upstairs or going off on a tangent or forgetting someone's name or, or talking about someone he had a conversation with last week, who's been dead for two years, you know, they're really going to have to push him through as, as much as they can. And I think that's why they're panicking right now. Cause they're in a bad situation. They're in a bad spot and Trump's got a lot of momentum behind him. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. My interview style is very ADD, so I'll bounce all over the place. Random question, Zeke. Is there a famous case of a African-American being killed by the police that you can think of where the police were in the wrong? 
Um, yeah, I, I can, I can, I can think of. Uh, I, I can't remember his name right now, but uh, I and and honestly, I don't know what happened with it. But it was a gentleman who was in the car with his wife, and uh, the cop went from talking to him calmly to shooting him within like a second. I can't think of the guy's name right now, but um, we we don't know what happened with that. You know, the, he he says he's a concealed carrier. Um, in, in in the space of about half a second, the cop shot him. You know, the cop lost control and shot him. Again, we we don't know what happened with that. We don't. I think his name is Freddie Gray. I'm not sure. I don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. It's not Philando Castile. I think that's it. I think that's him. Okay, it looks like it was Philando Castile in the Minneapolis area. Yeah, uh, the cop had him pulled over, and he was a a licensed concealed carrier. And he was with his girlfriend, was in the car. He was with his girlfriend in the car, yeah. Yep, okay. Um, But again, there's no no body cam you can look at to see what the cop saw or didn't see. Um, It's just, it's just, it's a, it's a weird, unfortunate situation. Excuse me. I, um... I think I, I don't know what happened with that, but from what I've seen from a lot of the testimony, the cop might have been in the wrong about that one. Okay. But uh, me personally, I'm I'm not afraid to call cops wrong when they do wrong. I've always said my, my allegiance isn't with cops or isn't with black folk or, or white folk or conservatives or Republicans or Democrats or anybody else like that. My, my, my allegiance is with the truth because the truth you don't have to warp. You don't have to explain it. You don't have to uh, sort of give it a, uh, well, you know, maybe if not, the truth is the truth. And, is, and it's right there. So my, my allegiance has always been with, with the truth. And there have been times I've pissed off cops by sticking with the truth. There have been times I've pissed off conservative by conservatives or libertarians by sticking with the truth. But, you know, you, you can be mad at me all you want. You can call me all the names you want. What you can't do is call me wrong. And if I'm wrong, I'll, I'll admit it. But, you know, uh, in recent memory, that's the one case where I've said I, the cop was wrong. The other one was, uh, there were a couple, actually. There, there, another one was when um, uh, the female cop thought she had her taser in her hand and she had her gun. Oh, that yeah. That might have been in Minneapolis, too. Okay. And, okay. She, and she shot the guy by mistake. Okay. I know uh, I'm putting you on the spot. I mean, these I just asked you that completely, but uh, uh, unexpectedly. Um, but of course, you know, it happens. It's unfortunately, we live in a world where we, we have, uh, what, 340 or 350 million people, um, in our country. And, you know, there, there's going to be ugly stuff that happens on occasion, uh, obviously in anytime you have numbers of that magnitude, but you have no problem saying, yeah, cops are human and it's a difficult job. And sometimes they make errors. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, a lot of people, I, I call it the, the, the Monday morning quarterback. A lot of people, they they have opinions on what cops should have done or what cops shouldn't have done. And then you ask them, well, what do you do for a living? Like, what's what's your experience? And, and oh, well, I work in IT behind a desk. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> this is why cops do ride-alongs. So that you can actually get some sort of experience and see firsthand what the cops go through. There's a reason why when people do ride-alongs, I, th- I think I think it's it's ten out of ten. They all come back and go. You know what? Cops have a very hard job, and they have a very unpredictable job. So it, it, so you know, I, I tend not to put too much weight into the opinion of people who 
you know, from, from the comfort of their couch or the comfort from their computer, they're able to dissect it and, you know, oh, well, the cop should have just, you know, done, done a karate chop to the side of her neck and that would have incapacitated her. Or, you know, the, the cop should have just, uh, just flipped the guy over. I know he was running at him with a knife, but the cop should have just flipped him over and disarmed him that way. I, I you know, I, I've always said the worst thing that could have ever happened to cops as far as people having an opinion all the cop shows that come out because the cop shows are very clean and sanitary. You know, they, they, they wrap up the case very nicely. They put a nice little bow on it. They're able to disarm people, disarm criminals. And, and they do it within that, but you know, half a second, the criminal just gives up right away. There's no, you know, nothing, nothing bad happens, no bruises, nothing. So, um, it, it's a very different situation out there on the street. When you're out there on the street, there are so many different variables that, that can happen. And, uh, you know, people need to understand that. But like I said, if, if you've never had an ounce of any sort of law enforcement or, or even security experience, I don't put too much stock into, into what you have to say. I live in Kentucky, Zeke, and thanks to Kentucky State Senator Savannah Maddox, years ago they passed what's called constitutional carry. So you can carry a gun without a license. Uh, in in the state of Kentucky, and, and and that's been met, of course, with some you know criticism. Some people really like it. Um, they're actually pushing in Kentucky, I, th- I believe, right now for a bill that would allow licensed gun owners to have guns in school property, you know, inside school areas within the state of Kentucky to help for you know mass shootings and to protect children, things like that. So uh, here in Kentucky, I would say relatively, I'm guessing. Based on the rest of the, compared to the rest of the country, I'd say our gun laws are relatively, what I would say as a libertarian, relatively good. Do you live in the state of New York? Uh, I do. <laughs> um, can you tell me what the gun, tell me about the gun laws in New York, please? <laughs> um, well, if, if you live on Long Island or you live uh, upstate, the gun laws are uh, are, are a little more sane if you live in in within the confines of new york city forget about it you know one of my uh friends is trying to apply for a uh, concealed carry permit and they basically told him it's 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 not going to happen and he's a law-abiding citizen no he i mean i don't think he's even got a traffic ticket you know he's he follows the law to to the t He's, he's he's a good man has a family uh, uh, there's no reason for him not to be able to carry a firearm. And they're giving him such a runaround and they're giving him so much problems and barriers that he's he's given up. And all he wants to be able to do is to protect his house, protect his, his assets. You know, he, for the same reasons as anybody else, he, just, he, he wants to be able to practice his Second Amendment rights. And they're, they're stonewalling him so badly, he, he's, he's given up. Uh, on the island, uh, it's, it's a lot more relaxed. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll give you a permit after about uh, six months. I like my wife, my wife right now is a, uh, she's applying for her pistol permit and it's taking a while. The application's just taking a while it's going through, but, um, you know, she's at least in the process. I have friends who live upstate and, and it's the same thing. It's, it's in the process. The problem is a lot of the state laws, uh, prevent people from, from being able to, uh, uh, conceal carry or things like that. And my answer to that is always usually, Hey, you know, I'm not concerned about the law abiding citizen 
carrying their firearms back and forth. You know, I, I've made gun arrests in my career. None of them have been from 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 permit having uh, uh, citizens. You know, they've all been from people who own those guns illegally or use them to to shoot people, or use them to settle gang beefs and things like that. The, the law-abiding citizen out there who just wants to carry to protect themselves, protect their family, I'm not worried about them at all. Matter of fact, I want people carrying because I want people feeling safe. I want people feeling secure. I want it to be if someone runs up in in a school with uh with 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 a with a gun and wants to act up like they did in Uvalde. Uh, you know, you you'll have parents there who want who will protect their children and protect everyone around the area. I want that. I'm I'm okay with that. You know, I'm okay with the good guy with a gun. But um, no, this state is is horrible for the Second Amendment, and uh, you know the, the New York City wants it that way because that's this is how they vote. They voted Kathy Hochul in. They voted Letitia James in. Um, they they voted for these people who make it almost impossible. And, and these people, this is their platform. They say, we're going to make it almost impossible for you to get a gun. And, and the people of New York go, you know what? This is what I want. Excuse me. The people of New York City go, you know what? This is what I want. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to retiring soon and, and moving to a state where they actually uh, uh, believe in the Constitution. Do you think it should be legal? for law-abiding citizens or anyone to have a gun on school properties. Sure. I carry, I, I, when I go pick up my daughter, a lot of times I'm either coming from work or going to work and, uh, I carry and my gun doesn't jump off my hip and, and start shooting anyone. So, you know, uh, you know, the, the whole, uh, gun free zone, uh, I, I, I have issues with because criminals, don't care if you're in a gun-free zone or not. You know, no, no criminal has ever looked up, saw a gun-free zone sign, and said, "You know what, guys? Let's uh, let's leave our guns in our car. Let's let's not carry over here." They carry wherever they want. So law-abiding citizens should be able to carry wherever they want as well. Only problem, only difference is law-abiding citizens. If 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 they have an issue with somebody else, they're not going to pull out their gun and start shooting. You know, just in, indiscriminately. Bad people with guns will. So I don't think any law should hamstring law-abiding citizens to the point now where it, where it puts them in jeopardy because uh, the bad guys, they, they don't care. And maybe if, if they had a reason to care, like, you know, hey, listen, people, people here might be armed, so maybe we'll leave our guns where they are. If they had a reason to care, maybe they would, they would uh, start leaving their guns home too, or, or maybe they would, they, they would be hesitant to pull out and start firing or else maybe they, you know, they're going to have a whole bunch of uh, law abiding citizens looking to take them out in order to protect themselves and protect their families. So yeah, I, I have no problem with law abiding citizens doing what they can. You may hate me for this question. How is AOC's reputation across the state of New York? Oh, I don't hate you at all. I, I can't stand her. <laughs> I can't. I, I think she is, she is one of the worst things to happen to New York. Mm. Um, you know, I, I'm not, I mean, well, I, I don't put her in the same classification as someone like Bill de Blasio, Bill de Blasio. And I say this w- without any sort of hyperbole or anything else like that. I think nine 11 was the worst thing to happen to New York. I think Bill de Blasio comes second. Um, just because, uh, I've, I was able to see in real time what he did to this city. 
But uh, AOC, I, I still wonder how she has anyone supporting her when she she destroyed the Amazon deal. Um, she hasn't been able to do a thing to help out anyone in in her in her district, and she's all for illegal immigration. She wants illegal immigrants. You know, bring them all. Bring them right right here in New York City. Bring them all. But um, she does. She hasn't done anything to help those illegal immigrants once they're here. You know, my 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 thing is always, hey, listen, if you're so for illegal immigration, how many immigrants do you illegal immigrants do you have living in your house? You know, I want I want you picking up three, four of them, and and don't run their background or anything. Just pick up three, four of them on the corner, and tell them, hey, listen, you're gonna live in my house right now. Feed them, clothe them, give them money, do whatever they need, because you are for illegal immigration. So it's on you to help these people out directly. So AOC, I, I honestly I don't know anyone who actually really supports her. Um, I, I then again I, I live on Long Island and we vote differently out here, so <laughs> I don't know anyone who actually supports her. I don't know anyone who who they can really list her accomplishments outside of fake crying outside of a, a border institution. Um, I don't know anyone who who is looking forward to electing her again. Uh, I mean, even one of my wife's friends who was a hardcore AOC fan when she first came out now is like, mm, you know, mm, yeah, you know, yeah, she is kind of disappointing. So, uh, you know, you're not bothering me, but me by asking me that question, I'm, I'm just waiting to see who these AOC fans are and why they're fans of her. I said earlier, I, I view everything politically through kind of a libertarian lens, and I do try to at least observe the left. I, I listen to, you know, Pod Save America, like I said, and other, other stuff. But the funny thing about AOC, or not funny, but interesting, I guess, is even from like a real principled leftist anti-war perspective, which she claims to be, she, ne- she never actually votes that way. So like, I mean, it, it, it's it's the standard hypocrisy from the left. They they want you to go out there and fight their battles and fight their wars, and and give your money, your tax dollars over to Ukraine, and they want you to 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 do all these things. They don't want to do the actual work to go over there and actually try to broker some sort of peace talk. You know, Putin. One of the, one of the main things I took away from uh. uh from Tucker Carlson's interview with Putin was Putin's open to the idea of, of peace. You know, he's, he's not, he's open to, to talking to someone. He's open to, Hey, listen, let's broker something. Let's, let's figure something out. But uh, the left seems to really just be determined to paint him as this boogeyman who just wants to kill everybody. And he's going to, once he's done with Ukraine, he's going to march over, over here. And he's going to take that over. He's going to march over here and take that over. And (laughs) excuse me, and, uh, you know, they, they just want to kick the can down the road and they want to, you know, they want to do it. They want to send us into battle for them, but they don't want to get their own hands dirty. So I, I've already said we need to vote differently. And I'm talking about vote Democrat differently, vote Republican differently. We need to vote differently. Anyone who is advocating for any kind of war or any kind of send your sons and daughters into battle or send money we don't have over to a foreign nation over and over and over again without taking care of people here, we need to vote them out. You know, I'm all for America first. I'm all for Americans first. I'm all for America for Americans. And I don't think that's such a 
rancid concept where 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 people can't agree with it. Why aren't we taking care of our own first? Why aren't we taking care of our vets first? Why aren't we taking care of homeless children first? Why aren't we doing the work to, you know, take care of people with mental issues first? Actually get them some help, actually get them committed, actually, you know, have them someplace where they can start to come around. And if they're too far gone, maybe we just need to hold them there. Just that, you know, if they're a menace to society, if they're a menace to themselves, they're a danger to the people around them, then maybe we need to hold them someplace where they can't hurt anyone. Why aren't we doing that work here? We have so many issues in this country we need to be taken care of. We don't have the funds. We don't have the space. We don't have anything to be able to send everything to to Ukraine. We have a porous border and the Democrats try to wrap up funding for Ukraine within a border bill. And if you voted against it, the first thing they're going to say is, oh, you don't want the border fixed. No, we do want the border fixed because we're tired of seeing uh, people like this college student over the weekend get killed by an illegal immigrant. We're tired of seeing that. It happened here on the island uh, where someone was killed by an illegal immigrant. We're tired of seeing it. So let's fix that and let's have it by itself. Let's have a bill by itself. Let's have it not attached to funding for Ukraine and funding for these people and funding for over here and all your little special interests. Let's take care of Americans first. So I've always said we need to vote differently. I have a a guest who comes on with me. We call him Brian the Insider, and he is a big fan of what Matt Gaetz is trying to push, which I believe is kind of consistent, the America first type thing with what you just described. And, And I think Brian and maybe even you know more about this than I do, but you touched on it there, Zeke, and it, it, it is to have single-issue bills and to vote, okay, we need money for something. Well, let's vote on just that. Is that what you were touching on? Oh, absolutely. No no bill in Congress should take any more than a page or, or, or at the most two pages. I should be able to read through a bill just as a civilian. Excuse me. I should be able to read through a bill. I should be able to download, it on my, download the PDF on my phone read through it and be able to call my representative and say, you know what? I like that bill or I don't like that bill. It shouldn't be funding for the border, but you know, we're going to put, you know, in, 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 in the small print. Okay. But yeah, but we're, you know, we're, with that, we're going to send 70 billion over to Ukraine. We're going to send 40 billion over to this country. And then, you know, we're going to earmark 5 billion for gender studies in Pakistan. You know, why, why are we doing all that? You know, <laughs> Why can't we just... Who, who, sub, who actually supports that weird shit that gets thrown in there? That's my question. I have, I have no idea. Why Why are we funding gender studies in Pakistan? Who the hell thought of that one? Who, who the hell thought, you know what? In Pakistan, they need to, you know, know what their pronouns are. So we need $5 billion we're going to send over there. Who the hell thinks of this kind of thing? I, I don't care about gender studies in Pakistan. But... Um, Every bill should be at most two pages. I should be able to read it as a citizen of this country. I should be able to read it and understand everything that's in it. And I'm tired of these 300 page bills where on the face of it, it's okay. This is funding for the border, but then somewhere on the, on the 75th page, it's okay. But now we need to send uh, 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 90 billion over to this country because no, I don't want to do that. That that should be a, an entirely separate bill. Let's take care of Americans. Let's take care of Americans first. Let's let's let's. Why is it so so bad to think about our quality of life in our country and want to preserve that? 
You know, let these other countries fend for themselves. We don't have to take care of all of them. Why is that such a, such a hard concept to understand? But yeah, just one, two pages maximum, every bill. We pay your salary, Congress, so get to work. Zeke, you mentioned earlier you saw the Vladimir Putin interview with Tucker Carlson, and it sounded like Putin is open to negotiating, uh, you know, peace. He's open to talking about peace, and he'd be open to that. It's almost as if the Biden family might have some shady ties over in the Ukraine area to where they don't have an option. They just have to keep. Do you think that our president has been compromised, possibly? Absolutely. <laughs> I think Biden is compromised. I think Hunter Biden's compromised. I, th- I think a lot of these, I think every politician who's actually going over to Ukraine uh, is compromised. You know, this, this guy Zelensky, I think he's got, he's got de- details on everyone from, from Joe Biden to Hunter Biden on down. Um, you know, I, to me, that's the only reason why they insist on giving him so much money. I think they're getting kickbacks. I think they're, I think, uh, well, we saw what happened with the whole, uh, uh, Maxwell Freed situation where they were able to actually look and say, Hey, listen, he's directly funneling money into the DNC with, with everything that's going on. He is, you, you were actually, you didn't have to do any, any fuzzy math or anything. You could, you could draw a straight line into how he was funneling money into the, into the Democrats. And nothing happened with it. Absolutely nothing happened with it. Meanwhile, Trump was impeached because he might have had a phone call with someone and might have act- someone overheard something and it might have something. This, this is, this is why, that's why I keep asking on my Twitter page, are we being governed or are we being ruled? Because our government officials from the president to the vice president, to the Senate, to Congress, to, to staff members, to cabinet, they should be afraid for their jobs. They should be afraid of pissing off the American public. They should be afraid that we're going to find something out and be like, you know what? We don't need you anymore, and we're going to vote them out. But they're not because they understand that, that people are sheep and people are going to vote how they're told to vote, and they do just enough to manipulate uh, uh, the American public and there are a lot of uninformed voters out there, and they love it. So they're going to keep doing what they're doing. This is also why I do what I do, because I want to try to inform as many people as possible. I want to try to say, hey, listen, this is what's going on. We don't have to stand for it. We don't have to sit here and, and be ruled by this class. We have the power. It's we the people. We the people of the United States, not of the government, like Biden said, not of the cabinet, not of Congress or the Senate. Or, or mayors or governors or anything else. We, the people of the United States. So, yeah, that, that, that's why I do what I try to do, just to sort of uh, get people's eyes open and sort of make them aware of what's going on. Zeke, you mentioned that a couple times. You said, that's why I do what I do. We have just a few minutes left in the episode. Can you summarize what drew you into, I guess you could call this activism? What is your mission statement? What is it you're trying to do? How has your growth I mean, you've got like a lot, I think it's Twitter, you've got a whole lot of uh, big following and a lot of engagement on a lot of social media platforms. Uh, what is it you do? Why do you do it? How can people follow you? 
I honestly, I, I don't consider myself anything other than a guy with uh, a couple of social media accounts. <laughs> I just, I, I put, I put the truth out there and I just try to open people's eyes. Um, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm just a regular guy. And I, when things don't make sense to me, I comment on it. That's why I, I try to talk to, to the black community and say, Hey, listen, you don't have to vote for Democrats down the line. They've done nothing for you. And to be fair, neither have the Republicans, but guess what? You're not letting them in the door. So they can't do anything for you. And, you know, and Hey, listen, the, the Republicans could do more to try to at least knock on the door, but they're not. I try to hold everyone accountable. Um, I'm, I'm just a regular guy out there. You know, I, I, like I said, I, I grew up in, in, I didn't grow up rich. I didn't grow up, you know, with, uh, with any sort of uh, privilege, I guess you could call it. Um, I don't have anyone uh, boosting me on my accounts. You know, I don't have, uh, I don't have anyone putting their arm around me to use a sort of a, a mob term. I don't have anyone putting their arm around me, around me and saying, Hey, Go follow my friend Zeke, and, and nor would I want anyone doing that. Um, all of my engagement, all my followers have been word to mouth, have been regular guys like you and I, just going, "Hey, check this guy out. What he's saying makes sense," and and that's how I like it. You know that that's how I like it. And hopefully, I can say something, and someone will share a post of mine or or make a comment on it, and it'll reach someone who who is open to looking at things from a new perspective. There's, there's a friend of mine, and she actually pulled me aside and said, uh, you helped me see things differently. And I saw, I, you know, it, it meant a lot to me because I saw her as a, a, as a baby sister of types. She's a bona fide sweetheart. Um, she came to the Blexit event here in New York City. I saw her there, and she said, you know, I, I was a hardcore, you know, I, I, a blacktivist, and, and she, uh, she voted Democrat. And it was from looking at my videos and re- looking at some of my Twitter posts that she said, you know what, maybe let, let me start looking into this. And, and she actually, she looked into it to try to prove me wrong. She was actually trying to, she wanted to come back at me with a couple of things. And she saw what I was saying was, was true. And it, it started changing her mind. And, and now she's every bit as, as uh, right-leaning conservatarian as I am. So, I mean, listen, it, to me, that makes it worth it. It makes it worth it that someone who I was close with can change their mind. My mom, who was a hardcore Democrat her entire life, changed her mind from reading some of my posts on social media. Um, my my grandparents are still <laughs> they're, they're more Democrat. You know, my granddad's voting for Biden in the next election, so I'm just like, ah, you know, <laughs> he's. But, but you know, I, my my granddad's one of my heroes in life. I I can't ever be mad at him. Whether, whether you know whether he's voting for Biden or not, <laughs> but um, you know you, you you reach one person at a time, and that's what I'm doing. I never when I started my account, I never thought I'd be here, doing podcast interviews, you know, have my own podcast, uh, doing news shows. You know, I never thought I'd be here, but I'm just I'm I'm thankful and grateful for the opportunity, and I just uh, I use my voice just to sort of change things in my in from my area. I love it. Zeke Arkham, thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much for having me on.